Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor Podcast. Um, good to have you on again. And, you know, we are in March. It's March Madness officially. About to start the official NCAA tournament. So, of course, we have to talk a little basketball. So, today I have a special guest. I have Tanitra Batiste, who is the in-game analyst for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, she has a very interesting story. She started off her career in HR, but knew that it wasn't the path that she had always dreamt of and pivoted to create her, in her words, to create her best life, to be honest. Um, so very interesting story that I'm glad I'm able to share with you. You also want to stick around to the end of this episode because I'm going to make a first ever declaration on this podcast. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. All right. Welcome back for another episode. Tonight we have uh, Ms. Tanitra Batiste, um, who is the in-game analyst for the Atlanta Hawks. She is also a sports anchor and reporter and a host of the podcast, Fill in the Blanks. So, hey, welcome to Amateur Night on Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast. Hey, what's happening, Derek? All right. So now you get to hear an amateur uh, podcast host talk to a real-life reporter. So let's see how I do. <laughs> All right. So tell us about, you know, your last name gives it away, Batiste. So that says Louisiana all day. So tell us where you grew up. Yeah, except when I'm in Jersey, when everyone thinks I'm Haitian and start, they start talking in a language I can't understand. But yes, anywhere else, everyone picks it up from Batiste. So yeah. born in New Orleans, like half the world at charity hospitals, yeah. <laughs> half, yeah. half the world in South Louisiana lived there in the ninth ward until I was five. And then we moved to Homa to take care of family. And that is where I grew up, but we still did so much in New Orleans. So that is truly what I claim, just like I claim Homa. And as soon as I could get myself back to the city, I did, went to Xavier for a summer program. And That's you. Yeah, yeah, in the house, uh -huh. yeah. Oh, we got yeah. that. So uh, yeah, just really enjoyed my time there. And for me, Derek, that was really a change of pace because I was in a predominantly white high school and even junior high, and I was the only person of color most of the time in everything I did, including six classes a day. So to get to Xavier for a summer program and see, and you know this firsthand as well, just to see African-Americans embracing their intellect and not shying away from that, but excelling in other areas, athletics and, and all sorts of different spaces. I was like, wow, I'd like to be a part of this. So I uh, had an opportunity to go many other places. And as you know, sometimes grandparents, parents veto whatever. So they're like, yeah, you're going to Xavier. So that's kind <laughs> yeah. of how I ended up landing there. But great, great experience in, in New Orleans, if you will. And really going to Xavier, going to an HBC really laid the foundation for me to believe that I could do anything and everything in any space. Very nice. So, yeah, first of all, you are a living example that people go to Xavier and do other things other than go to medicine. Right. So, yeah, probably five <laughs> or six guests on my show so far, you know, doctors and pharmacists. But hey, look at you. You're at the highest level of sports coming out of Xavier, out of Xavier South, I'm assuming. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But your experience was similar to mine. I grew up in North Alabama. I went to public school. Um, and I was probably, I think there were maybe 10 African-Americans in my graduating class. So far less than 10%. So I was kind of the token smart kid. It was, you know, mm -hmm. we had a circle, three or four people who were high achievers. But when you get yes. into the AP classes, it's one or two at the most. 
Yeah. Then you walk into into campus on Xavier and you look around and everyone coming from all walks of life. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm not special. Actually, I am behind, you know. (laughs) It was a great experience for me. Um, But to see a community come together and say, hey, let's go to the library. We know we got a test. Let's pull together. Let's do these study groups. And it was very impactful. So I I sing their praises every day. Yes. Same, same. And not just that, but let me tell you all, we were well-rounded. Because New Orleans is a city that is chock full of colleges and universities. And we can also we could also access any university just about with an hour's drive to the left or, you know, to the west or 90 minutes to the east, if you will. And of course, we know everybody descended on our campus, as they say, right. for them Xavier girls. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but we that's what I loved about us as well. We knew how to mix it up. So we studied hard, we worked hard, but we played hard, whether it was the Xavier Dillard game whether it was the barn or the convocation center, kind of depending on your generation, Mm -hmm. but also getting out and about in the city and just enjoying ourselves. So that was the other thing I enjoyed about Xavier. We really focused on being well-rounded and just having a full college experience. Absolutely. So let's talk about your love for sports. When did that develop? Were you an athlete or just love sports in general? Yeah, as I love to say, and someone asked me this question just last night, for those of us who cannot play sports because of maybe a medical or health condition like I, I had when I was growing up, though we talk about it. We talk about it. So I've been around it, gosh, since probably the age of five, whether I've been playing softball, running track, if you will, until I couldn't mm-hmm. because of health issues. I've been a dancer since I was five as well, manager for sports teams, tutor for the sports teams at every game at Xavier. No, I didn't just go to rush games I was at nuggets games as well and to this day those are still my girls and we still get together for WNBA games NBA games so it's just always been kind of in the DNA for me and I just when I started at Xavier I didn't see any people of color particularly any women of color mm-hmm. on the sidelines or in the booth if you will and so I thought well better go get the good job so I ended up getting a psych degree with communications as the minor, went to grad school, did HR for a number of years and just said, I can't do this. I just can't do this. And so just made that career pivot. And I talk about it all the time. It's never too late to do what it is that you love because like, I am living like I'm having my entire best life. Right, right. Now, now. You're living a dream. I mean, you're front yeah. row. Hey, <laughs> like you said, Trey Young and all the Hawks, plus the Falcons, plus whatever, you know, from Super Bowl to NBA All-Star, you, hey, you just flash your pass and keep on rolling, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, So you mentioned kind of serendipity, so to speak. So you couldn't play sports, but you wanted to be close to sports. And now, you know, sports won't pay me well. Let me do psych, especially I'm at Xavier, all the people in the sciences. So you start down that path and say, it's not for me. Tell us about that mindset shift. Yeah, so I decided at a point that there was this opportunity available with Turner Sports. And I said, okay, that'll be my last HR job because it was an HR job for Turner. And I had an amazing manager who I was able to be forthcoming with after a little while of being at the company. And she would let me shadow. So I'd go down on the weekends and at night and I would shadow everyone, production coordinators, producers, directors, talent, talk to them and just kind of dive in. They let me get on set and do reps in front of the camera and give me feedback. And that was really my opportunity. And then some things kind of shifted at Turner, 
did not want to go back to school for another two or four years. So I just went into a certification program. And there was a gentleman there who the head of that program who just kept calling this now flagship station top 20 in the country for sports talk and kept saying, hey, I've got this great person. She's, she's got talent. She's got talent. And they would say, nah, we're not having her. Every week, Derek, he would call him back. Yep. Just checking to see if, you know, you guys are willing to take her on. And finally, the last week, they're like, yeah, we'll take her on unpaid. And I just so happened to have that corporate money sitting in the bank account. So I was like, bet I could do it. And um, started that internship and was really just hitting boards, you know. And at the end of it, they said, you got a week to learn how to run a board and to produce a show. And, and I did. And I was their first hire as an intern, uh, first female anchor, first uh, producer to get a show from the weekends to mornings. And that show is now seven years in and full circle. I am now their anchor and one of their co-hosts and one of the voices on that same show. Very nice. And then ended up uh, getting to report for the Hawks. That's, that's my first passion and my first love. So yeah, I just kind of kept grinding and kept looking and saying, okay, fine, how can I get into TV? So then it, you know, I ended up in Tampa doing hosting, reporting and anchoring there. And then Got a call one day and said, hey, ever did color commentary? Not especially, but I'll try it. Right. So, so that's that's always me, Derek. If they call whoever they are and they ask me if I want to do something or if I've done it, it's either no, but I'll try. No, I've not done it, but I'll try. And then once I'm able to get in that door, then I just try to work that lane that God's given me. That's beautiful because one thing on this show, we try to highlight not just people who might've been born into a situation, but people who had to overcome obstacles. And I mean, you yes. literally made your own path, you blazed your own trail. And that's the important part of mentorship as well. You yeah. had someone in your corner that said, look, I see something in her, you know, so I'm gonna keep pushing, I'm gonna keep calling. As long as you'll keep working, I got your back. Um, yes. So hopefully someone will, you know, that might be just kind of spinning their wheels, keep spinning the wheels because you never yes. know, you never know when your time for takeoff is gonna come about. So, indeed. Yeah. Well, thank indeed. you for that. Um, so right now you're co um, covering the Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Falcons. Do you cover the Braves as well or any affiliation? I with did. Them? Okay. Yeah. Braves are probably the biggest challenge because of course, 81 home games and I do the morning show. So <laughs> getting out at midnight and then getting right back up at 4 a.m. kind of difficult. So thankfully I've kind of gotten a breather, but it did come back to bite me this past season because it was my first season not covering them mm. full time. And what do they do? Champions they go to the World season. Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've been a Braves fan. That is the only team, Derek, that I cover that I have been a fan of my entire life. Because you know, living coming up in Alabama, coming right. up in Louisiana, we didn't have college a sports. major. Yeah, we didn't have a major league baseball team. I mean, we had the what are they, the, the Zephyrs or whatever we call them now, the yeah, baby the Zephyrs. We yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby so kids. Yeah, that's all we, we ever yeah. had, but we never had Major League Baseball. So for me, it was always Braves and Yankees because that's who I grew up seeing. Mm -hmm. And so I cover them every season. And I'm like, really? Y'all want to mm -hmm. win a championship? But yeah. thankfully, I did feel a little bit of a part of it because they stopped by the station on Tuesday. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we were their first stop on the championship trophy tour. So I was at least able to, well, they wouldn't let me touch it, Derek, but just kind of <laughs> glanced at it and waved at it and said, doing so sure, sure. <laughs> congrats praise country yeah so you know being courtside I mean you're not up in the stands being courtside every night you get to see all the major athletes come through the Lakers the Knicks everyone you know being right there doing the 
So in-game reporting, in-game analysts, right? Um, yes. Do you have to pinch yourself and say, wow, I'm literally doing my dream job? Yes, there are definitely moments. So if I can go back, and this is for all of those who will be so fortunate to be mentored by someone like Derek, who also plays in different spaces, because that's important that you guys see his tone and his texture as well and what he's trying to do here. But for me, about two years ago, I was a Hawks reporter for my radio station where the media sits up top, right? So we've got a whole media row surrounding the entire arena. I was looking down on the floor and I was like, I wonder how you get there. Like, I wonder how you get a microphone and get on the sideline, on you know, sidelines on the court and get there two years ago. And this year, uh, there's a digital program that the Hawks have. We have the number one in-game experience in the league and we're always looking to add, right? So we have a digital show that goes on at 6.15 ahead of every home game. And a colleague of mine at the radio station couldn't do it this one time last season. So they called my boss. Hey, you know, who do you think can do it? He said, well, I think Tanisha can. And they were like, okay. So they brought me in and five minutes into the show, the producers in our ears like, oh my gosh, she's fantastic. She's great. The chemistry with the host, we've got to get her back. So they kept bringing me back and then they didn't call me. And I was like, after, you know, the fourth or fifth time, I was like, man, maybe, maybe it didn't go so well that last time. <laughs> and then again, somebody, uh, they wanted to expand their draft coverage and they were like, well, you think she'll do it? It's like bet. And then a couple of weeks later it was crickets and I'm like, dang, I guess that draft show didn't go so well. And then they said, hey, we created this job and we created wow. it for you. And we think that, you know, if you're willing, if, right. oh, you can stop the sentence right, right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. let me not yeah, be too so excited, get, but yeah, I'm here. Exactly. So I get there at pregame and, you know, they give me, give me my microphone and my IFB packet. It's got Tanitra on it. And then I got my little dressing room area and I'm like, oh my God. This is what I saw two years ago. So it's important for you to see that even if it takes a minute for your dream to manifest itself, or you may not even understand what you're saying. Because all I was saying was, I wonder how you get on that court. I wonder how you get that microphone. And I just kept staring down there, just would look down there every game, like that's where I want to be. And so wrapping that story up, every night is just an excitement and exciting opportunity for me. It's a blessing. But probably the most fangirl moment was when I was walking out because I, my dressing room was next to the players, mm -hmm. both the visitors and the uh, you know home locker room. And KD walks out. Favorite player. Okay. He is my favorite player. And so literally, I just had to kind of. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah seeing KD was. Uh, that was very interesting. And I could tell you a gazillion stories about folks on the sidelines because it's Atlanta. Right. So literally people just pull up in a heartbeat. But that one, I was like, yeah, yeah I made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you know, we're now in an interesting time for athletes. So being more than an athlete, being more than an athlete, being an advocate for social justice, for whatever it may be, you know, this is kind of prime season. So what would you say your role has been in that? you know, covering, especially during the bubble and the, um, after the murders and different things like that. What role have yeah. you played? Well, a couple things. So I'll go M WNBA, NBA, and then I'll go HBCU. Mm -hmm. So WNBA wise, I have been an advocate and they've been a supporter of me as well, the Atlanta Dream. From day one of this career, they've been following me on social media. I've covered their games and they've been supportive of me as well. And some of their leadership team members uh, owner Renee Montgomery, 
the head of the COO, Morgan Shaw Parker, you know, they, they've been there in some way, shape or form for day one, Morgan with the Falcons and now with the dream and Renee is a player who then walked away and said, I'd like to, you know, just really kind of steer the ship the way that I envision. And I'll do that by being an owner. Mm. They then won the basically the humanitarian team of the year award from ESPN last year because they were one of the major teams before it was the thing to do, Derek. Before okay. it was the hotness, right. you know, and Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter and the we, the Me Too movement, they were already having this conversation mm-hmm. years and years and years ago. So I just take it upon myself to amplify their messaging, whether that is going down to their practices and doing one-on-one interviews, retweeting them, talking about them on air, talking about the messaging that they have and just advocating for them because they're they've never been afraid to advocate and then same thing for the nba our former head coach for the hawks lloyd pierce who's now with the pacers was one of the more outspoken coaches he was the head of the coaches association for the nba and again just using my voice and my platforms to amplify those larger voices if you will and when i'm on my show or whether that's my podcast or my show on the radio station, and I've got some other projects in the works that I can kind of tell you a little bit about. But using those to say, I'm not going to just talk about sports, just like yours is the intersection of medicine, sports, and the culture. My shows are always the intersection of sports and the culture. And when I say culture, that encompasses this piece. And then that final thing is, I live in Atlanta. I cover Atlanta sports. We are really kind of the cradle of college sports, particularly college football. And yet we never, no one ever talks about black sports, you know, black HBCU sports, if you will, or or black college football. I have been to every, except one, because I have one scheduling conflict, but Mm. every year that the black college football hall of fame has in its induction ceremony, I go, I cover it two, three days. I talk to the curators, the owners, the founders, if you will, of it, Doug Williams, James Shaq Harris, and interview them. And I post it everywhere because I want people to understand that it is a rich history that we have, and not just a rich history from a sports perspective, but also to your point, the mentoring piece from those, from that old guard to that new school Mm -hmm. and telling them how important it is to advocate for social justice, but also when you get the platform or the opportunity to come back to an HBCU, and I know we'll talk about that in, in a minute, that's a form of advocacy as well to sure. make the choice to play sports at an HBCU. So using the different platforms and going into the different spaces and places and making sure for those who are already in a position to advocate that I'm there to amplify their voices. Absolutely. So you mentioned the HBCU and kind of the movement going on there, especially with Coach Prime at Jackson State, you know, a lot of other big names coming in. But now we're starting to see these five star recruits say, hey, I'm not going to Alabama. I'm going to Jackson State. Hey, I'm not going to I'm going to play basketball at Howard. So what does that mean or what does that do for the sport? Yeah. So my dear friend and co-host on the morning show, Hugh Douglas, Mm -hmm. who, of course, is a Central State alum, as well as, of course, three time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl participant, played with multiple teams, but we all kind of know them from his days with the Eagles. He and I talk about this all the time. And I'm always on his case, by the way, because I believe in giving back and supporting, which he's doing now for Central. So, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think it's important for us to understand something that he always says, if you are good, they will find you. Right. They found Hugh Douglas at Central State. Mm -hmm. And he has done, he did, he was amazing in his football career and has done gangbusters 
outside of his career is outside of his career on the field as well. And there's one quick story that I want to tell you. I'll try to truncate it as much as I can, but this one is an exciting one. I know you'll appreciate. So a couple of years ago, friend of mine, a soror of mine, she said she she made her announcement on social media that her daughters had been accepted to Texas A&M. Now all of us. Of course, we're cheering and hoping and praying that they would choose an HBCU because these girls are brilliant, they're they're beautiful, and they are gangbuster volleyball players, right? Okay. Texas A&M at the time, top five, so still still good things. Like, mm-hmm. wow, that's great, but darn, sure wish they would have gone to the black school. Right. And they began on their own to kind of see that shift with a McCure maker. I'll give him a, as an example, right. and others that started way. saying, hmm, maybe it's something that we'll reconsider. Let me tell you, when they made the choice to flip to Howard, Bria and Simone Woodard, their parents both are Xavier alum. And when they made that choice, the word from them was, Derek, they could not believe how much the village encamped around them. We already had a plan to make sure that when they landed in D.C., they were set up for success. Mm -hmm. And we have followed them and supported them along the way. When I say we, it is a village. I mean, it's men, men women, the aunties, the uncles, everybody just supporting and encircling around them. I just don't think that that is something that you necessarily get at a PWI. I believe that is something that's tangential to the HBCU culture. And I believe that is something that athletes are starting to see. Now, that said, you do need an Eddie George and you do need a Deion Sanders and you do need a Hugh Jackson to then come in and coach these guys because they play at the highest level to tell them what it will take for them to get a look so that when they get to senior bowl, HBCU right. combine, HBCU legacy bowl, they are actually getting the attention that they so richly deserve. And going back to the hues of the world, it's also important for us. And hey, I'm plugging right now because I am a part of uh, the support of the athletics department for Xavier. It is important for us to give back because these Absolutely. athletes need top line support they need top line exactly they need equipment they need to know when they are on the road that we are supporting them when they are out here playing these tournaments so on and so forth because those are the little things that help them to see oh wow this is a full experience with the hbcus in terms of homecoming and the village Mm -hmm. we also have the top line equipment we've got top line coaches and staff and we're still going to put you in position so that if you are good they will come and find you Absolutely. And I just want to kind of spin off on that. You being a Black female host, you know, and reporter and broadcaster, you, I mean, I know there aren't many of you because it's still only a few women in general in the sports arena. What does it mean to you and your role and how you need to, you know, blaze a trail for other people? What does that mean to you? Yeah, last night I had the privilege of seeing a couple of my girlfriends in the business and one of them two of them actually have just joined espn recently and one of them also does i believe she does college football for the acc so we took pictures and it was such a beautiful thing not just for me to be able to just kind of bask in their glow and get their energy but the energy on social media Mm. and and people supporting us and saying we do good work now don't get me wrong you know this is this industry is not just about your brains, it's about your beauty as well. So we I appreciate those compliments. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, because I know it's a it's a full package deal, especially when it comes to women, if we're just real about it. But for people to come and say such positive things about each and every one of us, congratulations. I follow all of you, you're doing fantastic. 
that's when you know that the work that you're putting in is amazing. And then one more piece to that, last night, uh, one of the ushers on the floor said, hey, there's someone who wants to meet you. And I said, give me a sec, let me get through my halftime analysis and then I'll be happy to come in and chat. So I go over and the gentleman literally says, oh my God, it's you. And he starts tearing up. Oh, wow. And then his wife starts to get excited and she's like, oh my God, it's you. <laughs> he listens to the show and has been listening to me every day for two years. And I have a special segment that I do, uh, Sweet Tea, and just talking about the culture and stuff like that. But he honed in on the sports side. And he said it means everything to him because that's how he gets his day going, listening wow. to me. And for someone to talk about me helping them to get their day going, for his wife to be like, yeah, he totally you know, <laughs> loves what you're doing. Yeah. And for him to then talk sports to me, or when I'm walking off the court and someone's saying, wow, great analysis, great insight, that's everything to me because I want people to know that, yeah, it's great to look good in front of the camera. And thank you guys for shouting me out when I rock my over the knee boots, mm -hmm. but also shout me out when I tell you that what the Hawks are going to need to do to beat the Cavs is make sure that they contain Darius Garland off the dribble. Don't let this guy dribble drive and kick out because we suffer when people are able to set on the perimeter and folks actually are paying attention right. and they say, thank you. Yeah. That's when for me, it's like, you're seeing the, the whole package and the full package. Is it still challenging? Oh, absolutely. I walk through, you know, spaces and places where I have to say I'm working like, right. no, I'm, I'm not, you know, this is not the time to ask me on a date. I'm working, <laughs> but for the, <laughs> yeah. like, no, please don't. But for the most part, it's amazing to see that people are starting to really appreciate that we are honing our craft and we are out here grinding just like that guy that you see on air. Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying that, it made me think about so many times we get so focused on doing our job and we're doing it for whatever reason to get a paycheck to keep moving forward but yeah. there's always a bigger purpose around what we're doing and we oh, don't yeah. you know it's very rarely that we get tangible evidence of the impact that we're making on the person next to us or somebody across the world who might mm -hmm. be listening or see you on tv so you know i just keep doing what you're doing i really appreciate it yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So on time out with the sports doctor, we have a first. So this is your final time out, but we got a special guest today uh, coming on to help me. All right, let's see. Come here, D. <laughs> All right. So this is my uh, mini me right here. Come on, man. Hi. All right. How are you? Introduce yourself. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Tell Derek who you LaShawn are. Burgess. So Derek LaShawn Burgess. So he's he's the second. All right. Hey there, Mr. Burgess, the second. All right. So she covers the Hawks. So who's your favorite Hawks player? Trey Young. Trey Young. You so like Trey. Guess where she's headed tomorrow? All-Star game. So the NBA yeah. All-Star game. All right. So what is Trey? What is he good at doing? Shooting the ball. Shooting the ball, so he's a good three-point shooter. You got to talk into the mic, man, so they can hear you. He's good at shooting three-pointers. Right. Yes, he is. In fact, Mr. Derek Burgess the second, he actually hit his first three threes tonight against the Magic. So, yeah, he, he's feeling it. I keep saying that he is playing shoot-around practice right now as he's getting ready for the three-point contest Saturday oh, night. Yeah, you hear that? He's going to be in a three-point competition this weekend. All right, so what questions do you have? 
Now this guy, he's all about the stats. So hopefully he don't hit you with any. any I know, right? Let me get ready. <laughs> yeah, so what questions um, do you have? No, we don't have them down here. You said you know them. Uh, all right, so what questions you got? How many years have the Hawks been in the NBA? Ooh, that's a good question. I think we date back to the early 1950s, not necessarily here, by the way. So the Hawks started in the Midwest and then the franchise moved to Atlanta. So yeah, we, we are one of the older franchises in the league. What else you got? You want to ask anything about the NBA, um, about the All-Star game? So tell me this. I see you have a jersey on. It looks like you have a number eight. Show your jersey. Whose jersey is that? Ah, that's looking like a Lamar Jackson? Yes, ma'am. Oh, tell me what you like about Lamar's game. Let me say his running. His running? Stand up. So he's a good runner? He is, definitely. And you know what? The league, that, that's such a great, that's in, great insight from you because that's really what's separating him and some of the better quarterbacks, like what we saw in the Super Bowl, really in the entire playoffs right there. Like yeah. we saw so many of the mobile quarterbacks or the dual threats. That's where the game is going. So you got the right Jack, you got the right jersey on because Lamar Jackson is definitely in that top tier. He's going to be in this discussion for a very long time as one of our top QBs in the, in the NFL. Absolutely. So what about the Lakers? You want to ask anything about the Lakers? Ask her, has she seen LaMelo? I did. Yeah. Nice guy. Nice guy with good game. LaMelo doesn't play for the Lakers. No, not anymore. I think LaMelo is with the Bulls now. LaMelo's with the... um... Or the Hornets. The Hornets. The Hornets, yes, yes. Tell her your yeah, his brothers story. with the Bulls, yes. Right. Tell her your LaMelo story. Exactly, so. Tell her he, your story. But yeah, he, um, he's definitely one of those who, who gives you fits because he's truly a great two-way player. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I see both him and his brother as having some long careers. They're both having some really, they've had some really good seasons so far. So yeah, those are good players. But you know what? The Lakers were here. Two weeks ago, we beat them. Uh, <laughs> but they definitely gave us a run for, for our money because Anthony Davis, which, you know, we know him from his days as well right. with the Pelicans, but he definitely gave us fits. And uh, Malik Monk, who, who knows, maybe he'll be a Hawk next year because we certainly could use exactly. um, another, uh, another great player in our backcourt. But uh, Malik Monk is, definitely gave us fits that day too. So, and, and listen, I think that the Lakers are going to make a push the back half of the season. I definitely believe they'll get in the play-in round, yeah. but you know how it goes. Mm. Injuries, depending on your strength of schedule, and really depending on where your opponents are as well. Is We haven't seen any upticks with COVID. I know, Doc, you could appreciate this. We haven't seen, yeah, a lot of, a lot of that has really, really stabilized for the league, especially once we got the 10-day contract situation in place and then just kind of got some testing protocols uh, standardized in late December, early January. So I don't expect that to come back, but every now and again, we'll have a player kind of go down with that. So it'll be interesting to kind of see in the back half of the season, how that impacts this playoff race. I know where we stand now in the Western conference with the Suns and, and the jazz and um, 
the Warriors being at the top there. And of course, in the Eastern Conference with the Bulls. And I, I want to say the Bucks, but really it's That's right now. It's the Bulls. Yeah, the Bucks, right? yeah I want to say the Bucks, but I think they're, they're hovering in fourth place right now. But certainly with the Bulls and what they've uh, been, been able to accomplish, uh, the Raptors kind of quietly uh, doing the darn thing as well. But I think, and, and we saw with the Sixers, uh, the Celtics and the Sixers kind of back and forth. The Sixers had a rough night last night, but ultimately speaking, nothing is guaranteed because right now we're, we're talking bulls and heat and they keep going back and forth in the one, two spot in the East. And there's so much flux at that, right at that playing line. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with your Lakers and my Hawks second right. half of the season. Yeah. You know, well, it's good to hear. You heard it here first. The Lakers will make the playoffs. I All believe right. So, that. <laughs> D, any, what's your last question, man? Uh, oh. What do you know about Dominique Willis? Dominique Wilkins. Dominique, yeah, he's he, he is amazing. He's such a cool guy, very, very humble. And I talk to him pretty much every game because we're both getting ready at the same time. He, of course, does an, the analyst work for our TV broadcast, if you will. But yeah, wonderful, wonderful person and knows the game of basketball. I listen to him and his analysis about as much as I listen to anybody's because we both do our pregame prep or our pregame wrap up in the same space. So I sit at one table, he's right behind me and I'm doing my pregame. And whenever, you know, I, I've already prepared something that I hear Neek say, I'm like, yeah, because this is someone who played the game at the very highest level, yeah. understands the real. intricacies. Yeah, exactly. Understands the intricacies of the Hawks organization, where they've been, where they're going. And of course, he of the 75th NBA anniversary team. So yeah, just a privilege to even be in, in the space of a Dominique Wilkins. Absolutely. Hey, well, thank you, Tanitra, for coming on. We really appreciate your time. You know, yes. it's very cool. Like you said, you headed to Cleveland uh, to cover Trey Young in the All-Star game, as well as in a three-point competition. You know, that's very exciting. So we'll be on the lookout for you. Yes. And if I can say two more things before we wrap Absolutely. up, well, three. First of all, I want to thank Big Derek and Little Derek for letting me come through. I appreciate it. And it's been a great experience for me. That's number one. Number two, support your HBCU, your time, your talent, your treasures, whether it's Xavier University of Louisiana, our alma mater, or whether it is one of the 100 HBCUs that are still not just surviving, but we want them to thrive. And that means you've got to give your time, talent, and treasures back. And if there is one person, if you can't affect the world at large, see if there's one person that you can affect. Is there a Xavier right or a future Xavier alum who you can reach back to and just spend five or 10 minutes here and there just bringing up that next generation? So I just want you guys to think about that because listen, Xavier and so many HBCUs, we're standing on the shoulders of those who went before us. So let somebody have the opportunity to stand on your shoulders as well. Absolutely. And you'll see my background, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes. All right, perfect. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you, I never said it on this show before, but I have a job at ESPN. I don't know what it looks like. You know, I don't even know if that job is available yet. It might have to be like you. They might have to go to the chalkboard and kind of make a position, but. That's what they better do then. I think they should get ready because listen, they did, they've done it. It's, It's happened for so many people. Angela Rye is now a contributor. I can't think of Ryan's last name, but Ryan, a former attorney, started out with um, Outside the Lines, and now he's doing some great things for them in its expanded spaces. So like you said, 
there's just so much opportunity here for us to grow beyond just being one dimensional. So yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it. You manifested and uh, we'll talk offline about how, how we could get there. Sure, I appreciate it. Well, all right, safe travels for you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for your continued support with this podcast. A five-star review would be greatly appreciated. Subscribe to this podcast so you can continue to get the updated information and new episodes. Thank you.